0: Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rawls. Webster's defines business as any activity that is entered into with the goal of making a profit And that's definitely true of mobile home parks. So what can we learn about reading, about business? How can we get into some of the great business theories? Well, in this, our first of a four-part series on literary lessons learned, we're going to talk about some business books I've read, what I thought the big meaning was from those books. Let's start off with the Army book. The Army, yes, built a book on business, and it's called Hope is Not a Method. And it was used to take some of the Army's theories and to propel those theories more into the business realm of what you can learn from what the Army teaches its leaders. And one big one I came away from that book with is the 70% solution. Now, what does that mean? What's a 70% solution? Well, in the Army, sometimes you're faced with life and death, and you have to make quick choices, and you don't always know what to do. And the Army tries to teach their leaders that if you are stuck in one spot— and the enemy is nearing in on you, the worst thing you can do is to stay there. If you stay in that spot, you will die. Because over time, they will get their mortars and their other weapons all focused right on where you are and blow you up. So what do you do? Well, you got to move. And they've actually modeled this using war games and such. And they found that if the people that moved from the spot where they were stuck had a 70% chance of survival as opposed to those who would refuse to move, which had 0% chance of survival. So they call that the 70% solution. What it means is don't stick doing the same things that are not working over and over and over because it isn't going to work for you. So if you're in a rut with a mobile home park, if you're not getting the home sold, if your collections are not good, whatever's happening to your mobile home park, you need to do something different. The same when you're trying to buy a park. If you're trying to buy a park and you follow the same brokers and the same things online, and it's not going anywhere. Don't keep doing that. That's not going to get you anywhere. Instead, adopt the military 70% solution and try something entirely different. That's your best chance of having success. Another book I like to read is Sam Zell. Sam Zell is a great business person. He's the only person in history to ever be the largest owner in America of three different segments of real estate, largest in apartments, largest in office, and largest in mobile home parks. And he wrote a book Recently, and he's called it by being too subtle, and the big point of the book, if you read it, is that over and over in his life what's guided him to making decisions is a simple rule that he always enters into deals that have low risk and high reward. he never enters into deals that have high risk and low reward. and he looks at everything in that manner, so before he'll do something, he tries to weigh what the odds are of success and failure, and then additionally, what he stands to win if he takes that gamble. So what does it mean? Well, if you're looking at a mobile home park that has a high level of risk, let's just say it's got a packaging plant that's 50 years old or 60 years old, it could fail at any moment, and it might cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix, and it only is a so-so deal with so-so returns, you wouldn't want to do that because your best case scenario is an average deal, but your worst case scenario is perhaps economic disaster. At the same time, if you had a different mobile home park that had very, very low risk and you had the ability to then push the rents up, let's say $50 over time to a more reasonable number, then you would do that deal because that deal offers very, very high levels of reward, very low levels of risk. But it's a great lesson to be learned for all park owners and park buyers. You never want to mess with deals that do not have a healthy relationship between risk and reward. Now let's move on to Warren Buffett. Anyone in business would have to have read at least one business book by or about Warren Buffett. And there's a few things about Buffett that that I find to be the most interesting pertaining to successfully buying and operating mobile home parks. The first is that Buffett, one of his great strengths if you read the books about him, is that he was extremely diligent on research. This guy wrote the book virtually on doing due diligence on a company before you would invest in that. And of course, you know where I'm going with that. If you're going to buy a mobile home park, you have to conduct great due diligence because that takes all of the potential misfortune out of the deal. In fact, that's why a famous quote came up from Benjamin Franklin, that diligence is the mother of good luck. What he means is if you do due diligence, people who do that, they just seem to always win. So I think that Buffett is the king of diligence, at least in 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 business as far as buying stocks. I think there's something to be learned from that because it was his diligence that really took him to the top. The next item from Buffett would be the concept of a moat. One thing that Buffett never really buys into are businesses that don't have a moat. Now, you might say, well, what is a moat? Well, you know, there was a quote coined, I think, by Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. The first you have the innovator and then you have the imitator. And the problem is if the imitator can produce the same product that you're producing at a much lower price because they don't have any of the learning curve in building the prototype, That's a sign of disaster. So Buffett always chooses businesses that it's really hard to get into, that are protected for some reason. Well, there's no business that has a bigger moat on it than mobile home parks. It has several different moats. One big moat it has is cities have not allowed you to build new mobile home parks in about half a century at this point. Another giant moat it has is the cost of moving the homes. It's about $5,000 to move a home from point A to point B. So as a result, the customers tend to stay where they are. Another issue is that some homes just can't be moved at all. Some of the older homes, pre-HUD homes, which means homes built before 1976, and even homes from the 80s are simply too old to be moved. And that gives you very, very consistent revenues. Now, another interesting business book is that written about Apple and Steve Jobs. And I think the big thing from that book, and it's a gigantic book, it's that giant white book that you see at the bookstore that has no markings on the cover, And it's about a thousand pages long. I read the book from end to end. And the big thing I came away from is the very, very important issue of partnerships. That's what I read out of the book. Yes, Jobs did a lot of interesting things with technology. Clearly, he invented the iPhone and many other items. And the big key was the relationship in the early days between Steve Jobs and Wozniak, who was the engineer that he met at a, a circuit board fair somewhere on a weekend. And What was interesting was Jobs is a master marketer, but he was really wasn't that good with technology. He was never really the guy who developed the technology. He was more of the visionary of what the technology should be than the master salesman to sell it. The person who was really the person who could do the stuff was Wozniak. Now, Wozniak had an entirely different temperament than Jobs. Wozniak just liked to do his science stuff. He didn't like to have any arguments with people or problems, and he hated selling stuff, and he hated talking to people kind of in general. So separate, what did you have? You had Jobs, you probably might have ended up as a salesman at some large company, and Wozniak, who would probably spend his entire life going to these little trade fair things on weekends selling circuit boards. But when you put them together, they were much more powerful as a team than they were individually. And I think this is an important lesson if you're looking to buy mobile home parks or growing your portfolio. There's nothing more powerful when you can find somebody that when you combine them with you, you're more powerful than you were separately. That means typically partnerships where the people have two entirely different skill sets are more powerful than partnerships when two people are identical. So what it means is if you're a people person, but not maybe a numbers or detail person, the best partner you could get would be someone who is a numbers and detail person. And that allows you to do your strengths and they use their strengths. And together, you're almost like a superhero combination. So I think partnerships can be very, very valuable, particularly when you start growing things to even a larger scale. It's often good to have two people instead of one. And particularly when both people combined as one unit are more powerful. Another interesting book is The 4-Hour Workweek. I remember when that book first came out and it was kind of odd for people, particularly baby boomers like myself, Because we were always taught that, you know, you don't want to do things other than work. You should work every day from nine to five, eight hours a day. And to say you didn't want to do that was almost heresy back then because everyone wanted to work. If you didn't even like work, you wanted to pretend you liked to work because it was kind of demeaning not to be working. And here comes this book, The 4-Hour Workweek, where it says, hey, it's okay not to work eight hours a day. It's okay to work just a few hours a week if you get the job done and produce the money that you want to produce. What's the lesson learned from that book? Well, quite a lot. There's some interesting things in that book. That's the first book I ever saw that had the concept of virtual assistant. These are people which today are commonplace, different websites like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, many other sites. You can find virtual assistants now to do virtually every task at an insanely low amount of money, and even better, here in America, where we have so many labor laws today in litigation, it's always refreshing with virtual assistants that you don't have to mess with any of that. Typically, the person you're hiring, and it's just on a contract basis, is often not even in the U.S. It can be in many, many different countries across the globe. But the 4-Hour week really emphasizes the concept of efficiency. It also it emphasizes the concept of using technology as part of your labor force. And so there really is quite a bit to learn from the book. Now, I don't know if you can buy mobile home parks utilizing a four-hour work week. Perhaps you can. But I do know what's interesting is if you talk to many of the people who own mobile home parks that we interview on our lecture series events, that's about what they spend per week on their park, roughly about four hours a week is actually what the normal average is that they tell us. And so what it means is people are working very efficiently today in operating even in mobile home parks. How do they do it? Well, the computer has helped enormously on accounting. You have HD videos, so you can have your manager take you real-life videos of your park anytime you please. You have smartphones to show you what's going on at a glance. Do you have the water leak? Did the grass get mowed? So technology has really changed our lives. It's amazing today how much you can do with just a cell phone. You can literally operate a giant business with just your cell phone, or better yet, a laptop and a cell phone. And isn't that amazing? You could never do that before. Having the email capability and the ability to to send and receive photographs instantly is just mind-boggling. But it all ties back to this whole idea that maybe we can get by on a little less work per week. Can you get it down to four hours a week? I don't know. Perhaps you can. I think if you're really good on efficiency, if you're really good on using technology, I don't know how low you can get your work week. But definitely a lot lower than we used to think back in a couple decades ago. Finally, the book, Win Friends and Influence People, not typically what you would call a business book, but yet, isn't that what business is all about? Isn't it all about the customers and keeping the customers happy and interacting with your managers and interacting with other people? And to me, there's two parts to that book that are a lesson learned for park owners. The first is always give people respect. Over and over again in the book, if you see the reasons that people are unable To have friends or to sell, the problem is that they don't treat people properly. People like respect. There's no reason not to give it. Why would you not be respectful to people? Yet I see that so wrong in the workplace constantly, particularly in mobile home parks. You'll have the manager who acts very aloof and doesn't really talk to the customers, don't address their needs because for some bizarre reason, they don't want to give them any respect. You'll see the owners that do the same with managers. They refuse to be respectful to the manager, the manager's time. There are all kinds of stories in our industry of owners who treat their managers terribly, refusing to even talk to them, take their calls, or return their calls with this feeling that they're superior to them, which is absolutely untrue. Of course, who's really the boss? The boss is really the customer out in the field. You definitely need to treat people with respect at all times. The other key to uh, what Dale Carnegie wrote in the book is the idea of being happy, being outgoing, being friendly, having a positive attitude. It's so important. Because you can approach life in two different ways. You can be very, very negative or very, very positive. And what they found is that people who are positive go so much farther because it's infectious. People like to be around positive people. They like to make loans on positive mobile home park owners. Managers like to work for positive owners who give them always a sense of uplifting feel. And of course, the customers also like that positive attitude. So always treat people with the utmost respect and always approach life in a positive manner. This is Frank Rolfe with the Mobile Home Park Mastery podcast series. Hope you enjoyed this first in our four-part series on literary lessons learned. I'll be back next week to talk a little bit more, and this time about great military books. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery podcast. Be sure to visit us at MHPMastery.com to subscribe to the show